Welcome to the Mum Break Podcast, a place where you can feel normal, get helpful information, and laugh your ass off, hopefully without peeing your pants. I'm your host, Erica, and I have two kiddos. I am not a mom expert, but I do have a zillion hours of therapy under my belt and no filter. I'm on my own journey to find happiness, and I want to help you on the way to yours. Hi guys, I am super excited to have Leslie Bruce here with me today. She is, I don't even know how to describe you because you just do all of the things. You are a community builder, you're an online influencer, you are a freaking author, and a mom, amazing mom who showcases it all while still doing amazing things. And I am super excited to have her here. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I, before, before we get into the questions, I have to ask you because, um, I'm just diving through your book and did you really pee on a stack of diapers in the front seat of your car? I personally did not, but every anecdote in that book is 100% accurate. And actually in my acknowledgments, I call out my best friend, I'm Cassandra. I say, I will never tell them that you were the one that peed on the stack of diapers in the Grove parking lot, which is this, um, this mall in Los Angeles. And if you've ever seen like an episode of Entourage, it's like the outdoor farmer's market and blah, blah, blah stuff. Uh, it's very popular. And she went into the, the Grove, I think it was around the holiday time. And she'd just gotten back to her car and she was like, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm not going back into the mall, standing in line with like 30 Kylie Jenner, you know, inspired girls at like <laughs> inside the Nordstrom to try to pee. So she put down a bunch of newborn diapers on the, uh, the driver's seat. She peed in them. And I remember saying to her, I'm like, well, what did you do? She's like, well, then I drove home. I drove to your house. I was like, <laughs> well, obviously staying with me at the time. And I was like, well, you didn't throw them out. She's like, no, if my kid could sit in it for 15, 20 minutes, I could sit in it on the ride home. I want to be friends with this person and you, your stories between the two of you. I, so I snot, snot laughed. I did snot laugh a little bit cause it's like cold and flu season here in Ottawa, but I snort laughed hardcore through so much earbuds and I cried a little bit and it was really good. So I just had to like these anecdotes. They're all true. They're literally every single one of them are true. And like the lists that I say, like, you know, the, uh, I don't know if I can swear on here, but the, yes, the, cool. your book is called, you know, you're a fucking, <laughs> so let's, um, uh, the, like the shit your partner might do or the shit you might cry over. Those are all 100%, uh, 100% true. They are things that happen to either me or to people that I know. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. Um, what's the absolute craziest thing you've ever done as a mom? Oh my gosh, the absolute craziest thing I've ever done as a mom. Um, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, 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 that's great. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think because I do crazy things all the time and, uh, oh, you know what I did? And this was something that I did that I thought was actually, I was really proud of myself for doing. I was pregnant with my son and my daughter was at the park with our nanny and the, there was a man that confronted her because she was using chalk all over the, like the basketball court and stuff. And there was some like grizzly old man who came and yelled at them and called it vandalizing because it was chalk on the thing. And she was, she yelled at my, he yelled at my nanny. He yelled at my, at the time she was just turned three. And I was so upset by it. I went to the park the next morning. I sat on the bench and I waited there for hours for this guy to show up because he walked his dog in the morning and I didn't know what time. I'm like, I'm just going to park it here. And I'm going to sit there. And I sat there and I confronted him and I, 
I, I think I accused him of harassment and that next time that he harassed my daughter, I was going to be calling police on him. Um, and then he backed up really quickly, but he's maybe stalking, stalking an old man in his doodle at the park. Probably the craziest <laughs> thing I ever did. That's amazing on so many levels. Cause that's like mama bear to the extreme. Yes. And that's like, you're confronting a random stranger. While pregnant. While pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I, I was so enraged. My husband's like, yeah, I'm going to figure out who he is and I'll do it. I'm like, no, 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 no. This has to be done today. Otherwise it's going to like, it's one of those things that would fester and I would have just gotten more upset over. And so, yes, yeah, so I went there and I, I, I confronted him and it, it wasn't <laughs> one of my finer moments, but at the same time, you know, it is I, I say to my, my, my friends and my husband, I'm like, I always want my daughter to know that I'm going to, stand up for her that I got her back and that was an occasion where I felt like in our nanny too who was like a little you know uh she's like a petite little person and I think she was a little off put by it too so I'm like I got my I got my tribe I got your back I got your back I'm gonna go confront the man in his doodle I will wait in this park bench until this asshole gets here and I'm gonna tell him off and be a super intimidating little woman who's pregnant but I got this yeah. And he was like, not going to come at me too, because I think at first he was, and then he realized that I was like pregnant. He's like, I don't think I can scream at a pregnant woman. I'm like, do it. Just do it. Let's do this. I, I was ready to like start. Like, bring it elbows. on, <laughs> Yep. Like WWF. I was going to like get on the, <laughs> up on the ropes, body slam them. Oh no, 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 no. But yeah. So I get, um, I think when it comes to my kids, I get wildly, wildly protective. And I think at times inappropriately confrontational. You know what though? I'm noticing that so much more now these days and it's probably just because of social media, but like take Facebook groups, for example, like mm -hmm. Facebook groups, there are some hardcore mama bears out there. And it's, I don't know if it's the same out in LA, but for, for some reason in Ottawa, they've made the parking spots real small lately. <laughs> They're like, don't drive SUVs. Oh yeah. There you go. But, um, for whatever reason, the moms are like, if I can't get in my car with my bucket seat, then I'm just going to ding the car next to me. I'm like, mama bear is crazy. Yeah. I get that. I get that. It's like the, the ease of be, the ease of use of being able to get my kids in and out of their car seats. And like, so I'm at the, I'm in a beach town where it's like, everyone kind of squeezes in next to each other. And, uh, uh, no, so, so I get that, but it's also, I think, um, it just goes with that kind of mom mentality. You're sort of just like, it's, it's like apocalyptic. You're like, we've got to, you know, it's, we got to get in there. We're going to figure it out. And it's by any means necessary. That's my motherhood motto. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Just get shit done. Yep. Do you think that's because, and you talk a lot about this in your book too, but about how parenting these days is actually so much harder? Oh yeah. A hundred percent parenting today I do I say this in my book and I stand by it I think that women today have a harder time not being moms but transitioning becoming moms than any other past generation I think for I have sort of a a, a three-tiered theory on this um so excuse me for being a little a little dorky but <laughs> uh, first and foremost it is women today are statistically proven we're having children later so they think the median age is like 26.7. So let's call it 27. Um, and if you think about it, uh, that's giving women about 
nine years of developing their personal adult identity. Whereas like, you know, my mom, my grandmother, my grandmother had twins at 19. So when you spend, you know, nearly a decade kind of creating as an adult who you are, what interests you, maybe your education, your career, athletics, whatever that is. And then when you become a mom and you are forced to abandon a lot of those things just by virtue of the needs of taking care of a small child, your needs come second. Um, and it can be really challenging to feel like you're abandoning parts of yourself that were for 10 years intrinsic to who you were and that you cultivated, right? Like I, you nerd, like for me, I went to school to, to, to become a writer and to create a career. And I did that. So when I had my daughter at 32, I had spent a decade in publishing in, in magazines and overnight I became the least important person in the room and my needs and what filled me as a human became the least important things. And so that was a, that was a challenge. And I always say this, and I think that this really applies to all aspects of our lives as women, but I can feel two things at the same time, right? Like I, it took me a while to admit this, that or realized, because it took me a while to admit the challenges that I had because I felt that that was representative of me being a shit mom or that I didn't appreciate the fact that I was able to have a beautiful, healthy daughter. Um, but I can feel two things at the same time, right? Like I can be wildly grateful for her. I can love her to the ends of the earth. I can also really miss parts of myself that I've had to forsake in, in this new life chapter. Um, I can be overwhelmed and appreciative at the same time. And that doesn't make me a shitty mom. I think it just makes me a normal human being. Um, and then I think the second thing is that women today are farther from our uh, adults in general, kind of millennials, uh, let's say, are further from their families. We move away from home. And I think we spend, uh, we don't have that tribe, right? Like if you think about it, like historically tribes sort of gathered around a new mom. They helped them uh, with, with just the general caretaking. This is what you do and this and the, or holding the baby while you slept or, uh, you know, helping with the nursing or whatever it is, helping around the home. They really rallied around these new moms during this very vulnerable, magical, wild time. Um, and we just don't have that anymore. You know, my husband took off a week from work and then I was at home with a newborn of 10 days after having my abdomen cut open and having a human pulled out of it. And by the way, here's the human, take care of yourself, take care of the human. I got to go to work because I got to pay the bills, which I get. So it's when you're left alone to figure out this thing that you're never were supposed to figure out on your own, it's, it's, it's hard. Um, and then the third thing is social media. And I think that most, probably most of your listeners here can appreciate that. Social media really sets this unrealistic, unrealistic expectation of what motherhood should look like. And it's becoming, it's be, the conversation is really now shifting in a way where women are talking more about the hardships and the struggles and the realness. Um, but when I had my daughter in 2014, that was not the case. It was all Insta moms and braids and Moses baskets and magic hour lighting. And I thought I was fucking blowing it. Um, so I think for all of those, <laughs> sorry for the lengthy answer, all of those reasons, 
you put that in a vacuum now with women and they're feeling it all at the same time. And it is enormous, enormous weight to carry on our shoulders, especially being a generation of women who were, for I think many of us, raised to believe that we can do it all and that we can handle it all and that we can, you know, tap dance backwards in high heels. And so sometimes asking for help or admitting that it's really hard is, is, is a painful pill to swallow. But being the, being the person today, it's, it's really, it's hard for everybody. Everybody has horrible days and a horrible day doesn't make you a bad mom. It makes you an amazing mom who's, you know, bursting through those horrible days because you're trying your best for your family and that's awesome. It's honestly so much of what you just said. I resonate with so, so deeply, like the, the concept that for me, I always sort of phrase it like I mourn my, my old life, like my working professional identity. I, I, I spent so many years working towards this goal of like leading marketing teams and, you know, going far in my career. And then all of a sudden the next day I'm sitting at home, exhausted, grumpy, and tired, full of spit up. And no one's asking about me. No one gives a shit about me. They just literally, I'm, I, I'm like the baby transport. And that's sort of how the community I think has changed. Everyone's super helpful with, you know, asking about the baby, but one of the most common questions I got when I was a new mom, people didn't ask about me, ask how I was feeling. They just said, are you nursing? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not an okay first question if I haven't seen you in a few months. Like, just ask how we're doing. You doing okay? Yeah, maybe give me a hug. Throw me a cough, throw coffee in my direction. <laughs> like, be my tribe, like you were saying, right? right? And those goddamn Moses baskets and like, I, so I think I started my account around the same time you did. And it was like all the moms with the coffees and the beds with their kids and the jeans with the white. I'm like, I don't think my kid has ever sat still long enough in bed to take a picture. Maybe when yeah. they were sleeping and they were baby, but we sure as hell had spit up and like sweat and no bra on. And I was not wearing jeans when I had a baby. <laughs> there no. is no way. No, no, that's, that's, that is the exception, not the rule. And I think that when my, when my daughter was born, I definitely did those super glowy newborn photos. And I think that there is, I think there is a place for some of it, right? I think there's a place for women to get dressed up and have beautiful photos because I don't think that you don't go through a baby book and see a picture of scre pictures of screaming babies. Like you want beautiful pictures of your kids and you like having beautiful pictures with them. It's about appreciating that and being honest about the fact that like, that's a moment in time. I got this really beautiful picture because I wanted a beautiful picture with my kids. My reality does not look like this. Um, and that's really what I try to do with social media because in order to get people engaged, to be totally honest with you, like I have to play the game a little bit. Like I have to, I have to have beautiful photos because people don't engage with like these sort of, you know, these random dark, whatever photos. And so I had to sort of adapt and realize, okay, Women, it's the same thing. Women can appreciate two things. Women want to see these beautiful photos. I find like, you know, women go on there because they like the aspirational aspect and they want to have servicey pieces and they like seeing that. But at the same time, they can appreciate when I'm writing in the caption or on, you know, a, a letter of you know, board, like this is not my reality. This is a pretty picture. This is really what's happening. Um, and so that's what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do. And I think more people are trying to do that in a way where it's like we're talking. And you do it really well because you balance 
the like beautiful moments with the reality, like you said in the caption. The the challenge I have with social media is that it ultimately leads to that mom comparison, right? Like, I mean, I love social media. It's my jam. I spend more time than I care to admit on Instagram every day. But how do we get out of this cycle of, you know, comparing like, oh, that person had beautiful newborn pictures. I need to get those beautiful newborn pictures. Or my, their kid's eating broccoli. Why isn't my kid eating broccoli? My kid will only eat craft dinner. Like it's that comparison is so hard. So how do we get ourselves out of that? Oh, that's a great question. And I think it's something that I still struggle with, right? I want to be, it comes, if you think about it, it's from, it's the place from where it comes, right? It's about wanting to be our best and make the best decisions for our kids. And by seeing that someone else is doing it differently, it causes us to question what maybe we've done wrong or what we should be doing. Um, and then that just, it, it heightens our insecurities and our self-doubt. And I try to remind myself, and it's the same thing that I say with mom guilt, I try to remind myself that all of those feelings come from a place of me wanting to be my best for my kids. It comes from a place of me loving the shit out of my children so much that I want to do, make the best decisions. And I want to make sure that I'm, I'm doing the right things for them. Um, and I think that is 95% of parenting wanting to do your best. Maybe you're not always going to, you're not always going to make the right decision. You're not always going to, handle a situation perfectly uh you're gonna look back and like you know my sister-in-law she when my nephews are 13 and 11 baby Einstein was all the rage right and at six months old all the kids are watching baby Einstein's and she parked him in front of the tv because that's what they were told to do and now it's like oh well that's actually the worst thing that you could do my nephews are perfect lovely young men um they turned out fine even they though they turned out fine different so no matter what we do, we're always going to fumble because in 10 years, people are going to tell us whatever we're doing now is wrong. Um, so it's just reminding yourself that it comes from a place of you wanting to do your best and want to, wanting to make the right decision. And because you show up every single day and try, that's all you need. Your kids need to know that you're trying and that you love them. And that is like the foundation, I think, of any healthy family and healthy children and reminding yourself that the only reason that you feel shitty about these comparisons is because you want to be your best. And because of that, that makes you an awesome, awesome mom. I'm going to take a really quick minute to talk to you about the Fresh 20 because this podcast cannot exist without ads and sponsors. And the Fresh 20 has been a system that I've been using in my house for a long time and I love it. It makes meals and dinners so, so, so much easier. Now, what it is, is every Friday I get delivered in my inbox a meal plan of five meals for dinners. It includes the meal prep guide for the week, daily meal prep guide, as well as a grocery list, which includes the ingredients and how much everything costs. Then my sneaky little hack is I take that shopping list and I actually order all of the things on Instacart. I don't need to leave my house. I just do it from my phone and they get delivered a few hours later. Then Sunday afternoon, I spend about half an hour to 40 minutes prepping all the ingredients for the week, putting them in containers in the fridge. And when it comes time to actually make my meals on the weekdays, all I need to do really is cook the protein and assemble them. It's super easy. And I'm actually signed up for the annual classes subscription. So I have access to all of the different recipes and meal plans 
from all of the archives. Now, if you want to sign up, I have more information at mumbreak.ca slash thefresh20. I also have a coupon code that is mumbreak, and it'll give you 15% off at checkout. Seriously, guys, this has been a game changer for me at dinners. I love, love, love it. So to get all the information you need, go to mumbreak.ca slash thefresh20 slash thefresh20. It's so true. And it's, it's funny because I've worked with a therapist a lot on like mom guilt and comparison. And one of the things that she asked me that really stood out to me, and I say this a lot to my audience, is what rule are you breaking? Like if you're for guilt as an example or comparison, like if you want to go to the gym and, you know, work out for an hour, but you feel guilty that you, you're leaving your child with a babysitter or whatever, a parent, what rule says you have to be with your kid 24 hours a day? doesn't it doesn't that's not a rule it's a self-imposed thing where it's like you said coming from a place of I just want to do my best and maybe that's what I think is the best but maybe it's not actually you said a really cool thing in your book about um and I'm I'm gonna paraphrase I can't remember exactly how you said it but about how it's important to get out for like half an hour and go for a coffee because it's better to spend that half an hour away from your child than it is to stay there and be a tired, cranky, exhausted mom. And that was so, it just really stuck with me. It was so powerful. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, right. It's like, I'm a better mom when I can do, have a little bit of time to do something other than being mom. It's like anything. It's like, there's this new uh, study that just came out and I forget, I'm, I forget where it came out of. I want to say it was Google China did this thing where they started creating a four day work day. Mm-hmm. And they found a 60% uh, increase in productivity among their employees. And that to me was a really interesting, interesting, if you compare it to motherhood, right? Quality over quantity. If you're going to be there all day and you're, you're redlining it and you're mailing it in and you're cranky and you're snappy and you're this, that doesn't serve you. That doesn't serve your children. But if you can take an hour out of a day, 30 minutes every other day, whatever works in your dynamic and you can get away and come back and feel a bit recharged, the quality of moments you're having far outweigh being there for, you know, that added hour. It's, it's so true. And I, it's, when I think about from the perspective of a new mom, like you're, it's your first time mom, you're a new mom. That's a really hard thing to grasp though. Like it's, you may know it in your mind. And I, I mean, I know it logically now and I know it based on experience now. I feel like I've come out of that stage, but when you're in the thick of it and you're sleep deprived and you have all the hormones and you have maybe you have a colicky baby who's been screaming at you for five hours straight, that's so hard. So what kind of things have you found with your audience and in your experience from a self-care, and I'm using self-care with air quotes because I, I kind of hate the word. Yeah, me too. But it's, I, I don't know, I don't know if I can think of a better one. <laughs> no, no, there's not. I use self-care. It's, it's, it's a word that I plastered all over my book because it is important. But I think what irritates me about the term now is that I feel like it's such a buzzy word that it's like that different motherhood sites are sort of like plugging into their headlines just to get clicks and it's missing and therefore it's diluting the true meaning of what self-care really is like self-care 
in the newborn stages is as minimal as it has to be because sometimes you just don't have the time. It's survival. You're just surviving. Yes. yes. So that, that is literally 30 minutes in your room while someone else holds your baby while you close the door and listen to a podcast. Uh, but I think that true self-care as we develop in motherhood um, and our children get older requires more than just that 30 minutes, right? It really requires us taking significant time. Um, and I don't even know what, like, time. yes, yes, time, but also just making significant effort and using some of your energy towards things that aren't your children um, and that serve, that nurture you. And it has to be, it has to feel fulfilling because I, I am the happiest when I am able to give a little bit to all of the buckets in my life. Um, and I don't like, I've also, another word that I'm trying hard not to, I've really kind of tried to throw out the window is balance. Because uh, I think it's, I think it's a, it's a bullshit term. And I think that it doesn't tries, exist. <laughs> yes. And it just furthers this, this idea that there is a balance and there isn't because until we can learn how to clone ourselves like sheep, we're not going to be able to be everything. Like I'm not going to be able to work and also take my son to a gymnastics class not possible. I'm, I can't do both things at the same time. I'm not going to be able to pick up my daughter from school, but also be able to, um, you know, go to that workout class or do whatever, you know what I mean? Like everything is a trade-off. Some yeah. things always, and as my son gets older, I'm going to have to choose one day. I'm going to have to go to his game and her game. And I'm going to feel guilty about whoever's game I'm not at. Um, so I think it is about, I say this term, and this is also an annoying term, but I don't know how else to put it, but it's called mindful prioritization. And I think that making an effort, realizing that there are certain things that are gonna take priority. With, so every day, if you're uh, a working mom, out of the house working mom, um, every day your focus really does have to be from nine to five or whatever your hours are, your job. Yep. And then using the time either when you get home or using the weekends and really kind of taking each day and either focusing on every day, my, my priorities are my children and my work. And over the weekends is when I try to prioritize, you know, one day I'm going to focus on my home and everything else I'm going to fill. But my number one thing is like on Saturday, I'm going to clean my house. I'm going to do some laundry. I'm going to put stuff away. I'm going to plan for the week. I'm going to, whatever I need to do, that is my priority. And then Sunday is like my relationship day where it's my relationship with myself. So I make sure that I go for a hike or it's my relationship with my husband and we try to get a sitter and go see a movie, uh, whatever, or, or I go to lunch with my friends. I try to make each day and realizing that I'm not going to be able to do everything every day, but that hopefully by the end of the month, I'll have been able to spend significant or meaningful time doing all of filling all of the things in my life that make me me. I love that so much because one of the words that I hate and is super mom. <laughs> it really, yeah. it really bothers me because I feel like it's one of those words that inherently sets you up for failure mm -hmm. because it's, it's not something that exists. And you said it really well is that I think it's 50%, right? If you're trying, you're, you're not going to do what, maybe you could say better than I can, but you're really put trying 50% of the time. Maybe I'm going to let you take yeah. over and explain it. <laughs> so I spoke to this, uh, it's this idea of good enough parenting. Yeah. And so I spoke to this early childhood uh, 
development expert. Uh, and she told me that it is not about being a perfect parent all of the time. It is about trying your best, not even being perfect, really trying your best 50% of the time. If you can show up 50% of the time and give it your best effort, then you are crushing parenthood. And the other, and if you're doing more than that, that is just icing on the cake. And I feel like that was the, those were the statistics I could have really used four years ago when I was, yes. you know, fumbling under and, and really melting under new motherhood. I could have been like, okay. So just because Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday sucked, if I can, if I can pull it together Thursday, Friday, Saturday, part of Sunday, I'm good. Like I've nailed this week. Um, and so I think that being, you know, 50%, 50 percent really good is a, is a more achievable standard that really takes the pressure off. And once I think the pressure of being perfect or doing your best all the time is lifted from your shoulders and being okay with your shortcomings is when we start to enjoy parenthood. It's so true. That's only until that happened. I, I hated parenting at first. I really, truly, I didn't love it. I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. I thought I had to do things in a certain way. I thought I had to be perfect all the time, be super mom, be with my kids all the time. And you're right. As soon as that veil was lifted, it's like, wow, this is fun. Now my kids don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be perfect. I can just, I want to feed my kids chicken nuggets in front of the TV tonight. Yeah. I 50% of the time I'll feed them something healthy. Yeah. Whatever. It's yeah, um by the way, I'm not mad at a chicken nugget meal. Like protein. Protein. And God, get a, get the organic nuggets and you're you, then you're really then you're like, you know, you're cruising. That's a good that's a 50% plus day. Yay. Yes. Yes, I venture to say 70%. <laughs> Friggin' badass. It's so it's so funny though, because I asked my when I was really after my second, I was really struggling with mom guilt and balancing the, you know, give, paying attention to both kids, but finding time for myself as well. And I asked my husband one day, like, do you not feel guilty about things? He's like, Erica, I don't know why I would ever feel guilty because I'm just trying my best. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, my husband has figured out parenting well before me. I'm like, that would be so liberating. And it was just this, this flash of, yeah, that's the smartest thing he's ever said. He's trying his yeah. best to care. That's all he's got. Okay. Can I play devil's advocate? Because I'm yeah. sure your husband is a amazing, wonderful, all of the accolades man. <laughs> but at the end of the day, he's a man. And yeah. I look at my husband and I don't think he feels guilt either because I think that he knows somewhere in his, his head, he's very smart. He's the dumbest smart man I've ever met. And <laughs> I think that he's somewhere in the back of his head. He's like, I don't have to feel guilty because I know she's handling it all. Yeah. The kids are good. Yeah. The kids are good because I know she's got this on lock. So why would I feel guilty? Because <laughs> we're crushing it. It's like subconsciously ingrained into all men. Like, I don't feel guilty because if I miss one thing, someone else, super mom's going to swoop in and get it. Yeah, right? Like, I'm perpetually, and this is something that I've been having conversations. This is, a, a, I'll keep this a brief tangent, but this is something that I've been having conversations with women and some articles that I've been working on now is about the invisible labor of, 
of motherhood and how I'm, for some reason, because of just the mere, because of mere anatomy, because I have, you know, I can have the ability to push a child out of my lower torso. Because of that, I'm automatically the 18. If my husband and I come home from work uh, at the same time and our nanny goes home, he's like, okay, I'm just going to go jump in the shower really quickly. How am I automatically, it's, it's just, you know, I think it's, it's, it's culturally and socially assumed that women are, are, are the A-team and that the husband sort of plays a uh, cleanup batter, right? Um, so it's an interesting, it's a, there's an interesting shift happening, I think, in families, but it's, it's a weird, it's, it's, it's generations of sort of assumed gender roles that we're sort of battling up against. It's so true. I, I don't know if you got the same with your husband, but I, my husband, like, it's like the sun shines out of his ass. <laughs> he's, again, he's all the things in a husband, like he's the dream husband, but sure. he gets all the praise. He hangs out with the baby and he gets the praise. He's like the best husband in the world because he changes diapers from the, this is, these are perspectives from my family looking in on the outside. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? He came home from work and hung out with his kids. No, 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 no. That is not, that is, that's like the bare minimum. They're like, yeah. I want him to be up here. That's just like the entry level. <laughs> it's crazy. He doesn't get a gold star for, I, I don't think they should, I don't think anybody, man or woman should get a gold star for doing what the other person is doing without any sort of thanks. Uh, I think, yeah, like it, it's so funny, right? My dad, my mom told me this, my dad never changed a single, I have an older brother, never changed a single diaper. I hmm. said to her, I said, what the, like, what the, you know, insert word is wrong with you? How did you not, how did you not tell him, get your ass in there and change an MFing diaper right now? Like what? She's like, I don't know. It's just, you know, he was the one. And it's funny because my mom does not take shit from anybody, but she just sort of did it. And the first diaper he ever changed was my daughter. I said, <laughs> no change it. He's like, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm going to be too nervous. I can't. He loves my daughter. Like they are best friends. Uh, I was like, nope, this, rip this bandaid off. You got to go do this. This is yours now to handle. 30 something um, years later and you're getting, you're changing a goddamn diaper. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he did it. He did it. It was only in a, and that was the one. Was that it a pee diaper too? Yeah. Oh, should have started him small with a poop explosion. I know. Right? Or big. Oh I mean, gosh. Yeah. He would have, he, he would have, he would have just laughed. I think he would have just been like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tagging out. Like, Sorry. My poor father. Um, but yeah, so I think it's, it's, we're, I say, I hope, my hope is that by having these conversations now and really starting to explain to our partners, like, and, and sharing the load and expecting more of them and whatever works for your family, right? Like some families have different dynamics. So just because like, whatever that shared division of labor is, I think um, my hope is that by the time my kids get married and if they get choose to get married and have children, um, that they'll have witnessed in our home what should be more of the norm moving forward. So it won't be such a you know, I hope we're going through this now so that our kids don't have, don't have it as challenging. We always want better for them. A hundred percent. And it's, you know what, it's, um, I think part of this, it's really interesting that you're diving into this because 
that's part of the thing that adds to that mental load is that mothers feel like they have to do it all. But I think, I mean, my husband and I are a good example in that we're very like actually very split in terms of all the things that we do in the house. Like we've gone through and made a list and assigned things because it was the only reason. That's hundred percent what you should do. That's amazing. You're, you are advanced. We need to follow your lead. It's, it seems as though it feels a little weird sometimes because it's almost like we're being our own little like chore masters, mm-hmm. but it's then how are each per, how is each person going to feel as though it's balanced? And it's, again, it's never going to be completely balanced, but your team and your unit. And I think that both people in that team have to be happy with it. You can't just as a wife or a mother be okay with just doing it all. If you are mm-hmm. great, but I think that's like society has started us down that road. It's not something that we have to do. Yes. Yes. And I think, well, and also too, sometimes it's our own mothers, right? Like Mm. my mom is, is an incredible, was an incredible mother. It continues to be an incredible mother and grandmother. I think she was just, that was her role because that was what she did. She was a stay at home mom and she had kids young and that's what she wanted to do. So I think it's like part of that is like the pressure the previous generation sort of puts, you know, on like, oh, well, that's just how it is. Um, so it's sort of like, you know, it's a, it's, it's knocking at that door and, 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 and trying to cause a little bit of, of a change. And I think that what you are doing in your home and what we try to do in our home is really sort of have, a, have a more shared, a shared division of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a way that makes us both feel like we're, and true for our husbands too, like it's more fulfilling, right? For anybody, it is more fulfilling. You have a more meaningful relationship with your kids when you're more active in their lives. I mean, it just, it makes, it's common sense. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Okay. So you have an amazing book. It's, I think, I think so. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's really good. I, um, as I started going through it, all I could think was, I wish I had had this when I had my first daughter, because it really helps. And you really start to tackle and challenges, challenge the norms of, you know, society and moms and what's acceptable. And your anecdotes are just the fucking funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, can you talk a little bit about your book and why sure. you went down that path? You're a writer, so but uh, yeah. we're excited to hear about it. So I wrote, uh, you are a effing awesome mom. Um, and the, the impetus to do so was coming out probably about a year and a half after having my daughter and coming out of the weeds and recognizing that the struggles that I went through weren't singular, that so many women were struggling under a new motherhood, but for whatever reason, nobody was really talking about it. Um, that first those first few months in that first year, I think specifically after having a child is the most, it is the biggest transition we will go through as, as women, um, next to birth and death. I think those are the big, that is the biggest life moment. Um, and not, and, and, and that's not even saying like, Oh, motherhood will do is motherhood is this whatever thing. It is just physically, physically, hormonally, like all of the science-wise, it is the biggest thing we will ever go through. Um, And so at some point, we planned for baby. I did a nursery checklist. I made sure I had a white swarmer. I made sure that I had the correct diaper changing station. I made sure I had uh, an organic mattress. Of course. I I researched paints. Like I did all of this. 
but at no point did I Google what my needs were going to be during my postpartum experience. At no point did I Google what are symptoms of postpartum depression? Nope. What, what, is, what is postpartum anxiety? What is postpartum PTSD? These are all things that I didn't even, I didn't even know about the latter until, uh, until I was pregnant with my son in 2017. So I think um, I wrote this book as a way of telling moms, A, for the women who are in it, the new moms or the expecting moms, this is sort of what you're in for. These are things that you can do to, to help make this transition. It, it is amazing. It is a beautiful thing. It is magical it, in, in a way that you're able to experience it in a way that's, I don't know if you're able to experience it in a way where you can enjoy parts of it and do this and you shouldn't be left to feel like you're alone in this, this whirlwind, like post part of apocalypse, you should feel, you should, you know, you should be able to appreciate the moments that are worth appreciating in new motherhood. And sometimes the challenges of that, uh, block that. Um, and then that creates a vicious cycle, right? Where it's like, we feel like we're failing and then it becomes harder. And so I wanted to talk to women about, about, I wanted to talk to women about that in a, in a realistic way. And then I also think that women who like you have had your children and, um, they're a little bit older, it's a way to forgive ourselves for our less than stellar moments. And I think that until I really started writing this book and creating the concept, I didn't understand what I went through and I held a lot of guilt and I held a lot of shame for decisions that I made and writing the book and researching it was really cathartic because it allowed me to forgive myself and it also allowed me to really understand what I went through. And at the end of it, I was like, holy shit, I went through this insane experience. And looking back, I think I, I believe I had postpartum depression. I did this all on my own. And at the end of it, I survived it with this really beautiful, healthy, vibrant little girl. I am a fucking warrior. I would go to, I would face a, like a, you know, a herd of zombies for my child and I would win because I am, I am a mama bear and I would do anything for my kids. And I would go through all that experience again, uh, for her, but now having the tools, you know, hopefully now have giving women tools to do it in a way that's just healthier. That was a long answer. <laughs> I know. I appreciate it and how passionate you are about it. Cause I, I hop on that passion train with you. Cause it's so good. And the book is amazing. Where can people get the book? Wherever books are sold, it is available at Target.com and Barnes and Noble, and of course Amazon, um, and uh, on Audible and wherever. Yeah, wherever good books are sold. Amazing. And where can people find you online and stalk you and follow your life? Oh, please, please come follow my life. I do a lot of uh, Costco trips these days. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, you can follow me at Leslie Ann Bruce on Instagram. You can also find me at unpacified.com um, where I post uh, a lot of my articles and there's videos, which I'm very excited about that I recorded during my postpartum experience with my son, their weekly video updates of like what I was going through in real time um, in the first of 12 weeks, which is, I think are, are awesome. That's amazing. That's so, so cool. Oh, I'm excited to watch those. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to chat with me today. It's been awesome getting to know you and hearing all about your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for inviting me on. And uh, I'm sorry I get so long-winded, but like you said, I get very excited, especially when I'm speaking to somebody who feels um, as 
you know, passionate about helping women as I do. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening today. That was Leslie Bruce. You can find her on Instagram at Leslie Ann Bruce. And I highly recommend you do check out her book because it is, it is freaking funny. Anyways, if you want to leave a review, that would make my day. If you want to subscribe, that would be fantastic. But if you just want to ask me questions or chat, I am at Instagram at mum.break. Hope you guys have a fantastic day. Thank you.